0: This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lopiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit EshelPublications.com. <laughs> okay, without
1: further ado, Rev Lopiansky needs no introduction to this issue. His Torah is heard in this issue <laughs> constantly through many of us who uh, say over many of his. Uh, Many of his pieces of Torah, his his inimitable metaphors, etc. So, and the, and uh, and those of you who were here last year got to join Rebbe Lopiansk last year. Okay, I get to moderate.
0: That's okay, so I'm going to hand it over the mantle. So first, let me just apologize for being a bit late, but I think it's a hurry. At all the cars you so lined up between uh, Rav who was staying till till here. I, I think there was a <laughs> was a massive car park. So, no problem. Yeah.
1: Okay, we decided to start really simple and, and uh, really sort of simple superficial. So the Christians divide up God into three, which we don't like. And yeah. um, recently, this person writes, I have realized that we divide God up into ten within the spheros and billions within the tzellem etc. There seem to be many different compartments and attributes to God, which all might add and extend to infinity. But are still divided up. Seems like almost like by the, the way the Christians do. By us, is this a division of God? And by them, it's not. Uh, or sorry, by us it's not, and by them it is. If there, and uh, how do we reconcile these answers? What is oneness? What does echad really mean?
0: So, um, the, the question actually almost with this formulation was posed to the Ramban um, in his vikuach, in his argument with a former, a a, a convert, someone converted to Christianity. Um, It also was formulated in an attack on the Kabbalistic on on the Mokobalim. It was in a, it's in a Shubhas Rivas, it was um, 14th century uh, Spanish uh, Gadol, who someone asked him, are the Mokobalim not? dividing it. In, uh, do they not have ten gods? Or not, are they not the believer in, in some sort of ten figure? So, um, the, the, Ramban, the Ramban posed this, um, asked back, tell me, that trinity, can you he, 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 believe in a trinity? and He said, well, you also believe. You say God's ability, God's this, God's that. Um, so, the Ramban replied to him, can the trinity ever disagree or not in other words could could there be some sort of vote where you where it's two to one if the answer is yes then these are three separate entities if the answer is no it's like saying me myself and i then i'm 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 saying three words that mean the same thing so the real question is is there a point of oneness and all of these are simply expressions of it. So, so let's let's take an example. I have two pe- people teaching. I have a person who's teaching, but he really hasn't gotten his act together. And sometimes he comes into the classroom and he's upset and surly and angry. Sometimes he comes in and he's very upbeat and optimistic. So I say to myself, this person has really two parts themselves, three parts themselves, different moods, and you hope that you get the, the 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 person who is the good mood as a person as the bad mood. Compare that to a to a teacher, like the type they have in the Mahon Yaakov, of course, only, only who mm-hmm. are in perfect control of themselves and they come in with just that that's perfect equanimity and now the question is what tactic shall I use with my students today? Shall I be challenging, shall I be embracing, encouraging, disparaging? What's the best tool? And he will also um, use different approaches. But I recognize there's one control that's always the same. That control is how do I get them best to do X, Y, or Z. And then these are different tools at my disposal. The difference between those two examples is infinite. One is two separate, and the, and the difference is the, the personality A has regrets about personality B and vice versa. I'm so upset that I lost myself yesterday and so on and so forth. Whereas the person who's in perfect control, everything comes from one place and it's just a question of tactic. So, um, a king will have a, a, a minister of defense, of war, whatever you want to call it, and he will be very kind of mean and tough and always growling and saying, We're going to destroy, you. we're going to this and that and the other thing. He has uh, a, a minister of foreign affairs who's sweet, and nice, and wonderful. And we recognize if, if the king is a real a f- a full authority or prime minister, whatever, whatever setup you have, then, then it's simply different ways of expressing or attaining a certain goal. So HaKadosh is one, and therefore, even though the experiences we go through in the world are extraordinarily manifold, um, it's all coming from one place. So I always have to look and take, and take the, 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 the points on the perimeter of the circle and circumference of the circle and ask myself, it, it's always pointed to the same point in the middle. Um, there's a famous expression of that in the Gemara. The Gemara says that in the future, in other words, in, in the day of, of the end of time, so to speak, the, the, the righteous will form a circle around God and they'll all be pointing and saying Hine, zell, okay, no, this is our God. So what, what, what that's expressing is you have the same God, exactly the same God pointed out by people standing at polar opposites. Or at, at at sides of the same circle, so the the, the mm-hmm. understanding of is one, and the the, the whole the, the whole study of Kabbalah, which introduced the idea of pens and, and and spheres and many spheres and so on, was to try to understand how mm-hmm. these pieces interact. If it's one item, S- so that's our understanding. I don't speak for Christians. You will have to bring in a pastor to, to help you with that, or a priest. I, I don't know what they believe in, but the litmus test is: if there's no such thing as them disagreeing, then 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 what are we talking about? Then they, they were playing with words. If it, if there is a possibility of a disagreement, then then it's two entities, and and no amount of sleight of hand. Three, that's one, and one, that's three, it, is going to get you anywhere. It, it, then I don't know what... You don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. So if we know what talking about, we have to be able to define it. Does it come down to one point or not? I, I, I want to bring something, a parallel point into this, uh, which I, fi- I find very fascinating. One of the... One of the, um, one of the um, arguments of evolutionists to the lack of a creator is that all the DNA in the world is almost exactly alike. It's embarrassing how much DNA we share with cockroaches. And um, very, very little difference. And and all living things are consist of s- s- very, very same DNA and, and so on. Well, we see it the exact opposite. It's almost as if we're being taught that no matter how much incredible variety of life there is, but take a look, it's all built in the same blocks. It's almost all the same. To us, the root being certain echad, and in life it expressed itself. All living beings are extraordinarily alike, and that's exactly how God should have made it. Had it been random uh, developments, then we would expect a, a lot more... Uh, diversity. It's only because I showing that from f- a few simple assets, I can construct a, a, such an incredible variety of, of, of life of living things.
1: Number two, um, if my job is to seek truth, so why should I stop with Judaism? Why am I not intellectually obligated to check out the other religions who also believe they hold the truth?
0: So um, Let's, one of, one of, I guess, um, there's a concept, uh, a wise man's question. In other words, questions and a quest are a tool. And a person needs to ask himself, when and where and how will I use a tool for it to be helpful? So, for instance, someone will ask me, um, why do you live in Silver Spring? And I'll tell them it's a, it's a very nice place to live. He'll tell me, have, you know, why did not you check out all the other places? So my answer is, that would mean I would be traveling, I'd be the most frequent flyer in existence. I'd have to check every city in the world, every, every town in the world. That's, that's, that's an impossible task. So the, 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 there are two ways in which I would change. One is if I happen to be on a visit to somebody somewhere else and I really say, wow, this is so much nicer. Or at least I hear I have somebody who's an, uh, um, so a visitor who comes and says, you know, it's not bad here, but it's incredibly nicer somewhere else. Or I really don't like it here. And I say to myself, there's got to be places that are nice and more comfortable. That's the only um, wise type of quest. Or else the person will end up, it's like trying careers. How do I know what career I want? Well, I could start by listing 50 different careers and trying each one for a year. You know, I, I know what the tuition is going to look like. But, but it's, I mean, that, that's, that's, that is not a chachma. There are so many religions in the world that it would be impossible. If a person wants to try just Christianity, well, Catholics and Protestants sincerely believe each other one is ending up in hell. So you, so you've got to try Catholics, you've got to try Protestants. And Catholics have a very, very serious issue with Orthodox Church and the Catholic, the East and the West. And, Baruch Hashem, the Eastern Church has now been splitting more and more. Uh, You know, it's it's got the standard politics in Ukraine and in Russia and so on and so forth. Protestant denominations range from Unitarian to Episcopalian to to Southern Baptists to Evangelicals of all types of sorts. Now, to really understand Islam... The Muslims say that the only way you can understand the Quran is in Arabic. I believe them. I just like Lahabla Havla for those. I don't think anyone who's, who reads Torah only in English will understand it. And then we've got to move on to Buddhism. And again, we've got to get the language. We've got the feeling Buddhism has two major splits and many smaller ones. We've got Hinduism. It, so if I'm to ask myself, this quest for truth, unless unless I want to write, like, uh, the magnum opus on a quest for truth at the end of my life, having never lived more than six months in one place, I, I, that's going to be anywhere. So I am Jewish. I start where I start. We've read a lot about We've met Christians, many. We've interacted with them. We've read about it. We've seen some stuff. We have some tangential interaction with that. But I need to start where I am. If I meet a Buddhist who really, really looks to me like his life is a life that has what to offer, then I, I would honestly need to look into that. If I'm very unhappy with Judaism, I feel Judaism is just not giving me spiritual, it's not It's not clicking, That then honestly would require moving on. But if it keeps reinforcing itself, the Judaism that I started with is good and reinforces itself and, and offers a lot. And I haven't seen that, I haven't met people that I think are the life I would like to live, Um, even though I can think well of them but I don't think, I can't say they have the truth in any sense, nothing about it strikes and such then wisdom says I need to stick where I am and build deeper roots and understand more of it
1: What's with the rest of the Jews? What's with the 80% or 90% who don't keep Shabbos? What's the purpose of their creation? And if it's to become Torah observant and the alternative is negative why would a good thing be creating a system in which most people Will fall down and fail, or is, or is
0: this not necessarily a failure? So it's interesting. That question was asked by the Akeda. The Akeda was one of the um, was one of the list of the early commentaries. The Akeda lived in the fourteen hundreds, kind of up to. He lives in Spain up up until the Spanish expulsion. Um, his magnum opus is called Akedas Yitzchak. The reason why you probably never heard of it is because it's five thick volumes, extremely long pieces. Until very recently, they they were unpunctuated basically for like dozens of pages. He asks many many questions, and then then um, give, then he gives a certain concept. And then he um, explains back in all the psukim, this pshat, and so on. All uh, the print was also like a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. It was horrible. Um, the, the, I don't know if you get a melos aschara, melos like the reward for, for, for <laughs> working hard on it. It really was. But it was considered one of the great works. Baruch Hashem, in the last five <clears throat> years, it's been reprinted by two different people. They've made... A, very, a great effort to make it more manageable. Um, I, I got into it, I mean, I, I've heard of it, I knew of it, but I, for for Shabashi in the morning, um, I, I used to take different early commentaries, I took on the arcade, I went through it, I took out the pieces that I felt speak about a major theme, I, I tried to take out the pieces that go to tangential issues, punctuated it, paragraphed it, and made, no, you know, kind of uh, uh, side notes, sidebars, and so on and so forth. He asks, if you take a look, I think it's a hazinu. If you take a look at hazinu, which is a description of the history of the Jewish people, one word, one word would seem to describe it. Failure. I mean, if you read Tanakh, if you learn Tanakh, a Chumash, then you, you, basically it is the story of humanity messing up. That is... Um, that is the, 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 the way he asks the question. And he says one of two things. Either Hashem didn't realize how badly we'd mess up, or um, Hashem, it, 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 Hashem doesn't care. Either one, or it didn't work out, even though he planned it differently. None of those answers fit the description of Hashem the way we understand it. A perfect being created a world, he didn't know that this world would mess up, uh, he, 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 he wanted it to, to mess up. That's that's creating something that's a mess. The, what exactly, how do you understand it? That's his question he, he, he poses. He answers. And, and I'm, I'm rephrasing my words. I think the, the meaning is his, but I, I like to rephrase my words. Imagine somebody's, somebody's road to adulthood is full of a lot of um, mishaps, and he's finally got his act together he learned from different circumstances what's bad about this what's good about this why is this required of him like many teenagers who have difficult teenage um you know difficult teenage years and when they become an adult for a lot of them the messing up was a process of adulthood they be, they understand just like a child when when he when he um, puts his finger in something hot and it and it's painful he realizes to stay away from things that are hot. A teenager realizes that if if you if you drink yourself crazy, you end up doing things that you really regret and paying for them. If you don't take studying seriously, you end up outside and so on. And slowly, you begin to form a very strong sense of right and wrong responsibility, etc. Um, the, the, the world as a, as a big entity, Kal you know, cholesterol has tried many things. For instance, in the 1700s, when emancipation in different forms opened up, the, the, head, the, the headlong rush was to assimilate out. We learned very, very, very strongly that it doesn't work. We're never accepted. We're pushed back. When we were in Germany, we were more German than the Germans. There was somebody famous who committed suicide. He lived in Hamburg. I forgot his name. I just read about him. A great figure, a German Jew who who was being sent off to, to, to some camp. I don't remember, but he committed suicides because for him not to live in Hamburg was unthinkable. We were more German than the Germans. That infatuation has was taken out of us. And no matter where we are, today, thank God, America is a wonderful place to live. But everybody says, one second, remember Germany. Germany was a more wonderful place to live. Remember, do not accept it. We learned the hard way. We were fatigued with Christianity. And in Spain, before before the the Inquisition, tens of thousands of Jews converted out, mostly for reasons of um, convenience. It was easier to get ahead and so on and so forth. It also was kind of the, the, the church of choice, kind of Catholicism was the dominant religion. And then we learned very, very strongly about about the religion of love. And 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 nobody it, it has that illusion anymore. And so on. Of uh, many things we ran after many things. And then we realize, you know, this is this is not it. And in a big picture, Kalia Yisrael is 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 being formed. It's a it's just like a teenager. Sometimes you have the rare teenager just does the right thing and so on and so forth. Most of the time a smart person lets a person take the consequence of their actions and comes back again. If you take a look at the Tochacha, the, the, the things what that... the Tochacha toh- is the part of the Torah that tells us the difficult things that will befall us mm-hmm. if we <coughs> sin, and, and there are two major portions like that in the Torah. Mm-hmm. And most of it is to get us to realize what we've we, we done wrong, where we've we been wrong. And therefore, um, there's a story. Kloisenberger Rebbe was a Hasidic rabbi in Romania, Hungary. I don't know, those days countries were irrelevant. But he was in that area. He was a young man. He was, his family of 11 children and wife were killed in, in the war. And he went through hell in the concentration camps, survived to become a great Hasidic leader in New York. And in Netanya, he has Kiryat Sanz. He was a huge Tom Chacham, and an extraordinary person, just in terms of just larger than life. He, he had, his, his schedule and everything about him was just beyond. I was Zolchotinam, I was able, I, I, um, my, father would, my father was with him together in the DP camps. And my father took me once or twice to him as a young boy, and I went to him Natanya Tanya. I heard him speak a few times. He was a very, very big person. He died in 94. Um, so he's told over that in the in um, in the concentration camp, he noticed somebody laying on the, um, uh, uh, well, I don't know what to call it. They slept on, like, these huge shelves, these wooden shelves, where they had dozens of people, you know, just piled up people. That was the bed. And there was somebody, a new person there. This person looked not... Something about him was very different from everybody else. And he asked him who he is. And he told him that he is a person who is a... um, He was an assimilated Jew, had married somebody not Jewish. His children were obviously not Jewish. He was somebody very high in the finance minister. I think he had been like the equivalent of the, the governor general of the Hungarian bank of a national bank. And you know, when the time came, they 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 dumped him. And he was very upset and angry. He was actually had saved Hungary from hyperinflation in in after World War One and he had done a lot. And the Rebbe said to him, he, started and he says, tell me something, the government didn't do anything to help you? He said no. He said they don't feel at all any uh, gratitude to you? They don't recognize it. And he kept pushing and pushing. And this person says to, and says to him, why are you pushing so hard? It's painful for me. And then the next night, he says, and what about your wife and children? Did you mistreat her? Did, did you <coughs> mistreat them? Why are they so distant? Why aren't they doing anything for you? And he kept pushing and pushing. And, and this person was very upset. And He told the rabbi, "Why are you stepping on my wounds?" On find the third night, the rabbi kept pursuing, and this person broke down and sobbed and said, "I've been living in an illusion all my life." And that was the last night he was there. He was never there again. You know, they took him out and the rabbi said he died about tshuva. That was the way he described it. So we learned something. Very hard, but slowly. So we, when we look at big sweeping events. Um, K- Kalal Yisrael has... If, let's, let's give another example that's very current. When, when Israel was founded, it wasn't founded just as a state. Zionism was founded as a new national identity. It, you know, Judaism is not defined by these farm. It's defined by a country, farming, defending itself, and so on. And that's enough. It's just like you uh, you know if you, if you ask... A Frenchman, what makes him French, has nothing to do with religion, Catholicism happens to be the religion of France, but it has to do with the language, the culture, the the place, the geographical location. And that's what it was predicated on. And, And a lot of things were assumed, A, if we have our own country, no more Jewish stereotypes. We're not these people who live in other people's country or for other people, we live in our own country. We're not peddlers and wanderers. We're farmers, really good farmers We'll live off the, 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 the hard labor in the land and so on and so forth. We won't have this wanderlust, this, this desire to be all over the place. We'll have our own settled consciousness in that. That was the hypothesis. It's been somewhat disproven. Um, A, we're as hated as ever. It's now, instead of remedying anti-Semitism, it's the cause of anti-Semitism. Not, I don't think it's the only cause of antisemitism, but it's certainly used as a club, uh, this, this type of club, anti-Semitism. Jews don't like farming the land. They hire <laughs> Arabs to farm the land, and they would rather market it. <laughs> they, 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 that, you, that's, and, and the vandalust Now that we have our own airline, there's not a hole in the world you won't find an Israeli. Every time a plane crashes in the most distant place in a flight between Fiji Islands and Malaysia, there'll be a report whether any Israelis on the flight or not. I always find it amusing. Uh, Misrata Chutz uh, said that, to the best of the knowledge, there's no Israeli. There. Why would there be... And, and, that, and many times, times there is an Israeli there. Nothing has changed. And more than that, if you ask an Israeli, it's, it, there's no identity. He, he, he's Israeli. That's a nationality. It's a country. He serves. But it has not substituted Judaism. And, and especially when Israelis come, make it, they, they, they go, if they make you redoubt they live in Chutzloretz, they're lost. They're bewildered. They don't have a personal identity and they look for it. And many people become Balachuvah in, in America because they're the first they have to grapple with the sense of who am I? What am I? So I don't know. I, you know Baruchu is the, all a Klai Israel. I don't like going into Gilgal and all that stuff. I just say, in the sweeping scope of history, Kadesh allows us to try many things. We flounder, we fall, and we learn and we regroup. Um, and that's that's all we could see. If, if somebody wants to see one of the great miracles, I'm never tired of saying this, in 1945, any intelligent and rational analyst, if you'd ask him, what is the chance that there will be uh, Torah Judaism again, observant Judaism, what is the chance of Jewish people surviving? The answer would be zero point something or other on both of them. 1945, East European Jewry was gone. Six million Jews, gone. Israel had, a, had was struggling with m- under a million people maybe, and it was not a country, was busy with fights and wars and, and nothing doing. Certainly, observance was at a, at a, at a, at a low. America was rapidly um, assimilating outwards. Orthodox synagogues were kind of conservative, children of conservative people were marrying out, and that was the end of it. So staying in 1945, nothing logical would have predicted where we are today. In my days, that the idea that people who were non-observant would come and spend time and learn about Torah and was unthinkable. Why? I'm not sure, but if that's the way it was. The, the question was holding on desperately to what you had. So the mega hashgacha on Kalal Yisrael, I, I believe it will encompass everybody. How and what and why, I don't know. But this has been the history of Kalal Yisrael. We've lost 10 tribes out of 12. We've lost 80% of the tribe. And yet somehow it's come back again in in some ways that only he knows.
1: This is uh, pulling together three different questions. What's our role in interacting with those non-religious Jews and giving a better appreciation of Judaism? What about... Not inter- What about interested non-Jews? Um, two questions pulled together. So oh, I guess the third. The third one is what about what about like modern Orthodox or disinfected Jews or non-inspired Jews who have some kind of luck? A- what's our What's our role, basically? As belly Jews.
0: So f- first of all, I think you, the role being a role model in the sense of here you are, somebody who is inspired. Who chose to do this, who finds meaning in it, who lives up to standards and is and is genuine and honest, it is one of the greatest influences on other people, whether they admit it or not. Very few times when people in any way be, became observant because of the arguments, the talks, anything like it. Even question and answer sessions don't always do it. Mm-hmm. It, it. It's people that you meet that you say to yourself, you know there's something about this way of life there's something about these people that this is this is where i would like to to be part of it's people influence people by their own self and if a person is genuine about what he does if a person is warm towards other people then so certainly you know most of you probably everybody most of your families are not observant not even or maybe somewhat traditional, um, if they see you happy where you are, and you can expect them sometimes to make remarks that are less than kind and maybe to give you trouble. If you handle it gracefully, th- it's two advantages. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's play it out a little bit. If, if, somebody, if somebody sees you with, let's say, a, a keep on your head or tzitzis, and says, "This is this is uh, what is this crazy stupid thing that you've," uh, and you lash back and say, "Well, your life is meaningless. Your <laughs> life is worthless, or some <laughs> other gem of that nature." Um, then there are two two things you've expressed. Two things. First of all, nobody likes to be considered devoid of, of values and meaning, et cetera, et cetera. So not to be told. Two, it shows that you're not secure. In where in where you are, jumping back, a reflex of jumping back is is the biggest sign of insecurity. If you come back with a joke, taking aside, saying something, waiting to see what I'm wearing next month, Mm -hmm. uh, or you know whatever 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 shtick is is is, uh, then the person first of all feels that you're comfortable with yourself. He feels that you're not threatening them, and. And and, you know, he himself, and and you don't have to, you can tell a person, I found meaning in this, I found my life didn't have meaning. That other person, if you say that, the other person might start thinking about his own life. If you tell him your life has no meaning to it, I assure you nobody ever admitted to that. So so the best bet is to be who you are, comfortable with yourself, I, I mean, proud of yourself, and interacting pleasantly with other people.
1: We've heard on numerous occasions that one of the places where chuba go wrong is by not properly integrating into the FFB world, From world. What is the proper way to integrate without becoming a conformist?
0: <laughs> That's almost like a, a tautology, maybe, or I, I don't <laughs> want to go act some more on tautology. Um, I, I think the, f- the, f- the first thing is to understand that the... Torah created also a certain culture. A culture means the things that are not written that you have to do or can't do, but are a normal outgrowth of it, um, sometimes direct, sometimes positive, sometimes just an outgrowth, sometimes not even positive. But... There's a culture to religious societies as well. There's a Hasidim have a certain <laughs> culture to them. Yeshiva people have a certain culture. Kanoim have a certain culture to them. Modern Orthodox a certain culture. Kanoim? Kanoim means zilats, like the, 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 the firebrands. Th- there is something about it. And a person needs to understand two things. First of all, if you're going to fit into a society, whichever society you end up fitting into, you need to ask yourself not only I'm observant you and they're observant you so it's compatible, is their culture, which means the sum total of the way they dress, the type of expectations in life, of career, the type of interactions and so on, the acceptance of an outsider, is it, does it, will I fit in? Can I fit in with this group? And it's important, and this is something that they need to help you, because if, if you come to a place where it's not, it, it's, you're sort of stuck. You're doing what everybody else is doing. You want to do what's right. But you don't feel that. You feel there's so many pieces that just don't fit into place. Um, and, and just be, first thing is just be aware that it's like that. And then be aware of the different communities. And you need to, sometimes maybe to test it for a while, to live there for a month or two or when you're working as a single person or whatever. And ask yourself do I see myself integrating these people? The, the morays and the clothing and the mannerisms. Should come automatic. If you're compatible with them and they and who they are and what they are is compatible, then culturally you're going to fit in. If not, you're always stuck like a sore thumb, and it's and it's a problem because it, 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 all of these things are what day-to-day life is about. If you feel uncomfortable dressing the way they dress, or they feel uncomfortable with you dressing the way you dress, if you feel uncomfortable with the with the schooling that they give their children, and 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 so on. You just y- it's, there's always going to be a barrier. There's going to be discomfort, and, and you you have to pay attention to that.
1: How do you define a bintoro, especially as a baltsuva? What should be one's goal? What does the Jewish community really need from guys like us?
0: Do I advertise my book at this point? No, I wrote something about the transition from kol. So it's not only from baltsuva yeshiva to, to, to life that's difficult. Even from a Kolo. A term, in the sense that I used it, and I think sense you I mean, is that I'm still I'm still living my Judaism. It's it's internally m- very meaningful to me. You have many people who are observant in a sense. I believe God said you have to do it. I believe there's serious consequences for not doing it. I believe that I'm obligated to doing it, so I'm doing it. It's technically appropriate, but but it's it's a lifeless because I never feel any connection, not through my learning, not through my davening, not through keeping the mitzvahs, not from my, from my style of life. Uh, a, a, a drawing from Torah, in his broad sense of word, means that I'm living it. A Torah, to me, is something living, and and, and, I, and that's the way I want to do the things I do. So it is something that's it's easier in a yeshiva, obviously. The environment is very conducive mm-hmm. for it. It's easy in a city like Yerushalayim where you have a city that's a yeshiva in a certain sense, even though there's plenty of other places around, but you have a yeshiva. It's much more difficult when you come, when, when you go to a place where you work in Manhattan all day long. It's a challenge and, and, and yeshivas struggle with it as much as you struggle with it. When a
1: Torah observant uh, Jew is struggling, for example, like a Jew is struggling with his davening, lacking in a connection or feeling. So what exactly is the point of davening? Why do you need these fixed rules, and why do you have to daven all the
0: time? So, um, I, I would say the following. You know, there are certain things, there are certain skills, let's call them skills. In other words, um, if a person wants to walk ten miles to 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 see somebody or something if he's not used to walk ten miles there's no way he can do it if a person would like sometime in his life he decides he wants to play music if he hasn't learned basics and his fingers are not used to playing it you can't just pick up a guitar and play it you 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 need to develop skills that are um, that take a lot of practice. It may not be rewarding when you're in the practice stage, but when you want to do it, you can do it, and, and then you have that tool. The um, davening and being able to, to say the words, to, to, to know what they mean, to, to do it the way the Torah wants you to do it, the halachas of davening, is a tool. It's an incredible tool, but many, many people, and again, this includes uh, people born religious, struggle with it. But if you don't have the tool, even when you want to express yourself in the right way, you're not gonna have the words, you're not going to have the format that's appropriate. So you're gaining a certain, all the skills to to, to do what you're supposed to do, and then you're, you now are able to try to connect with it. These are all skills, it's just like learning. If you have the skills, the Hebrew, the, the, the translation, et cetera, et cetera, now you have a choice: learning or not learning. Until you don't have those skills, you don't have that choice. And that's that's why it's so important.
1: How do we know when God is testing us versus punishing us?
0: So, so the answer is we don't, unless we have a prophet around. We don't. We, I, as a general rule, if, if a person should feel that he's being tested, because that gives him a reason to do what's right, the, the, um, my first question should be, am I doing things that are wrong? Do I have a sense that what's, happ- what's going wrong is because I'm doing something wrong? If, if I don't have a sense like that, then I probably need to understand that it's a challenge. Um and you know, it, it, it's something that it's helpful to have somebody with you in this. Cause sometimes if people that are extremely obsessive personalities, and all day long, they're wondering, you know, what, was there no coffee, this money, this bad Is that a message from God to me? And so on. You can really drive yourself crazy with that. And you need somebody to tell you, you know, you need to chill out. It, that's, that's what you need to do. And some other people say, you know, you, you keep on coming back to again and again, you see it's not working. Don't you feel maybe you should let go? Maybe this is not right. Um, you know, th- these are things that it's helpful that somebody else helps you navigate it a bit because we have our own inclinations. Some people want something so much and even if they see they keep banging their heads in the wall, they keep pushing for it. And some people, the other way around, they're so obsessive that everything is always, you know, what's the sign and what I'm being told, you, you spin yourself into helpless circles. So having somebody guiding you who tells you, you know, I think you're overdoing it, or I think you're obtuse. You're not sensitive enough to certain things.
1: We're often told it's best to move back to the US after yeshiva for optimal impact opportunity and cultural familiarity, which will ease our transitions into firm life. With those benefits, it seems that America is on the decline in terms of morality, culture, and perhaps even safety for Jews. Honestly speaking, where do you see the future of America? You try be worth attempting to breathe life back into it.
0: I think it is alive. Actually, I, I don't think breathing life into it is. I mean, it's alive and 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 kicking and well, Bar Hashem. I don't think anyone knows to to to, to ask yourself where should I live, based on what I think the future. I don't know. The future of Kli Soles is it now, ten years from now, hundred years from now? I don't know, and I don't think anyone knows. the 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 the, the decision about where to live should be made. America is a safe, for instance, people of South Africa, I wonder. South Africa looks, it, 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 rationally, it looks like it's teetering at the edge of a cliff. Um, and, you know, someone actually spoke to me about this, actually. He's thinking, of moving, and I understand it. America, there's nothing, there's nothing guaranteed. But, Baruch Hashem, as it stands now, it's a reasonable place to live. There's a lot of flourishing Yiddishkeit there. A lot of not only in Silver Spring, even in places like New York and <laughs> and, and Lakewood, there's a lot of Yiddish growth over there. So so it's it's um, and culturally, most everybody here will probably find yourself fitting in a lot easier there. So, uh, so finding a good community, a strong community that you're comfortable in, I think is is the first priority, and and uh, building a family in bezashem if your Zoha and children make it through yeshiva's charity and they're the ones who feel very comfortable living here they feel it's their place Ash you're fortunate um so so but what I am saying the, the a decision like this should be based on a, a much shorter vision no one can predict that type of future I don't know you know who, who knows it's, it's it's something that is uh, you know the the unknown.
1: We, we have a premise that God is an infinitely good force who built us out of his own chesed. How do we know that? Is that just a premise? Do we define good simply by observing what Hashem does? Or is there a role for our understanding and intuition in defining and recognizing what is good?
0: So I would say part of it is because the Torah says what good is. But I think deeper than that the fact that Hashem gave us existence gratis you can't get more gratis than this. Akarish Baruch Hu owed nothing to anything to anyone, and we became. And nobody um, would like to cancel existence. Nobody who's not chastashon, civilly depressed, w- would cancel his existence. So the greatest good that I have is myself and my existence. So, so from my perspective, Akarish Baruch Hu is all tov. And then I need to understand that my continued existence and the things that happen to me and the way my life unfolds must be part of a bigger pattern of tov. So we know it from what the Torah says, "All and Baruch Tov and so on. But also there's a certain element of logic that flows from the fact that we have existence. Um, there's a Marshall, old, old Marshall, um, I don't remember how it starts. I, I, I know the point. There was a doctor came to Paris and said that he can heal people who are blind and deaf. And, you know, he's got the the right surgery for it and he does it. So, but his price is very, very, very high. Okay, listen, but, you know, people... So he operates on a blind man, and sure enough, he sees, and on a deaf man, and... He hears, and they're amazed. The bill comes in the mail two weeks later. They're not paying. So he gets in touch with them, and he says, uh, I don't understand something, he calls the blind man and says, I did the operation, yes, was successful, yes. I mean, there's a fee for it. He says, no, I, I just found out, once I, once I was able to see, I, I, I just saw what my wife looks like, and my like, gosh, I'm not happy at all. So I don't think I owe you anything. <laughs> the, 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 the deaf man said, I just discovered what kind of temperament my wife has and what she says, and I'm not happy at all. So he said, okay, no problem. I will undo the operation. I'll make you blind again and you deaf again. He said, no, thank you. Said, okay, so you owe me the bill. He said, you know, w- w- we can complain about life. Nobody, and again, unless a person, unless we, we identify it as something wrong, A normal person wants to slug through life, because he wants to live and wants to exist. So that gratitude is in place. We assume, therefore, that our continued existence, with all of its uh, different challenges, is part of some greater good, in in line with that type of good of, of existence.
1: What is the role of secular knowledge in a mentor's life? In other words, is it worthwhile? Uh, is it a worthwhile endeavor to learn about biology, math, etc.? And what's the limit? What about classical English texts? <laughs>
0: um, so, it, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I what?
1: look at the two Englishmen.
0: <laughs> uh, two Englishmen? I thought the I thought the literature majors or something or the classics majors. So, so, so I would not put all. I wouldn't put everything into one basket. So first let me preface, I don't think there's a, a broad agreement on this. I think there has been disagreements in, in the Torah world. Um, the first thing is to understand from a Torah perspective, Hashem's tov, right and Torah is the core of what Hashem wanted. And the world is a manifestation of it. So therefore, it's just like math, a formula is, 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 the, is, is sort of the, the, a description of something at its core. And the graph, how it goes in different circumstances, is a more graphic um, embodiment of that. And the actual events that are happening are, are still a more fleshed out version. That's sort of our understanding of from the abstract to the concrete, from Torah to the world. So understanding the world, and how it's made, and how Kach made it, and what all the pieces and parts are, has value in terms of understanding the picture of Torah. When Torah speaks about different animals, the Torah speaks about different creations. So one, one important part is that. The, it becomes, and, and it's on a practical level, um, people have ch- chachmas, ch- um, wisdom of sorts, adds to a person, and there has been differences of opinion of um, how much, uh, if if at all, given a choice, should a person stick only to Torah knowledge and what he needs for his particular trade, or is a broader sou- soup of knowledge, helps you get a bigger picture. It becomes more... It becomes a little more um, nuanced when it comes to what we call philosophy. Philosophy, I would say, is um, ideas, understandings. Philosophy includes texts of philosophy, it includes literature in as much as the literature is expressing an idea, a feeling. something abstract literature includes in itself two elements. It includes itself a expression of idea, a good work of literature is expressing some values in a very, in a very strong way, in a way that you can, um, that will, that will inspire you. And it's also a form of art, which is, it's, it's being able to use words and scenes in a certain way to impress you. So the second part, the art part of it is technical, and it's, a f- and it's a type of skill in, in which, again, has value it, because learning how to write well and so on helps you express yourself and bring ideas out and so on. The world of ideas becomes challenging because ideas are either the columns and the pillars of truth or the substitutes for truth. Philosophies that I disagree with, that I think are wrong, are misleading ideas. Other ideas are truth. How do I know the difference? How do I pick? So there were different. The Rambam felt that Aristotle had the right, what's the right word of saying it? He had the right set of equations. He wasn't always right with his equation, but he had the problem well, and therefore he took his philosophy as being crucial to knowledge with rejecting outright some of it, but even rejecting certain points, he still felt that he had the right building blocks. And using his building blocks are very important. There are other philosophers The Rama writes to somebody what, to look, and he said the other. He, he writes about certain other things that are not worth looking at. It's a waste of time and it's rubbish. Can we do the same? Can we have that ability to take the ideas and say, "Wow, the formulation of that idea helps you understand many truths." of Torah, and how how long and and how much of it would be misleading. You know, I I obviously would be reluctant that a person would invest his life in it, because it takes a long time for you to understand an idea, to to, to sort of be on top of it, and to be able to make a real critical decision, MS, not MS. Um, So in, in in the world of facts, like sciences, there is value. Um, and different opinions on how much of it and so on. The Rishonim all seemed to, to be well acquainted with the sciences of their days, and they didn't see any issue with it. The world of ideas and philosophy is, um, is, is much trickier because it's sometimes it's a tool for truth because the way a person formulates an idea, they're able to, to use it, um, and many times it's misleading. So generally speaking, most Chachmah Yisrael have been wary of 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 telling people that it's smart to 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 sort of be steeped in in, in the world of ideas.
1: What is the main responsibility of the Jewish community in the world today?
0: To be Jewish. <laughs> I, 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 I'm serious. It, it's you know, it, it, yeshiva is a, is a is a is a part of a life. It's the most aspiring part. It's, it's, it's living Judaism at its, at its most powerful and, and total uh, manifestation. A community needs to help give an environment that will allow for that to happen. Um, we're hampered. There's a lot of issues. Communities are not set in stone. So sometimes you have a shul, which tends to be our community, and you have a dozen people are upset. And they break away and they make their own shul and then some other people get upset with that, and the others, it, it, it's, it, we struggle. But but understanding that the purpose of a community is to create the environment that will foster um, living like a mentor, living fully, you know, inspired, connected, and and vibrant.
1: Is archeology span a reliable source to use for enhancing amuna? And so,
0: I, I'll, I'll just have a few more oh, minutes. I don't know what time we have to go. Maybe maybe one more question. One more question, okay.
1: Okay. Is archaeology a reliable source to use for enhancing Amunah in the, in the stories specifically told in the Chomish and early Tanakh? And if it is, what evidence do you find compelling?
0: So, um, l- let's go slowly. The, the, the advantage of archaeology is that you have actual pieces. It's very, very powerful when you actually have a piece in your, in, in your hand. The problem with archaeology is it's never a story. Let's give an example. Imagine there's a whodunit. Sorry, somebody somebody did some crime, and we have the good old Sherlock Holmes comes in with his hat and big magnifying glass, and he looks for clues and stuff like that. Now, um, the the um, and he comes up with some sort of picture that the guy who broke in this jewelry store is from a mob in Tanzania that have a secret code and that's why they found the like, cucumber peel over here and this, that. The whole, the whole thing and everybody's just amazed. Unfortunately, it's 100 years later and there's a video camera there. <laughs> video camera is a very different story. So, and we will reluctantly say, you know, those those pieces, I still don't know why there's a cucumber peel here and I don't know why there's a thread over there, but I've got a movie here. And that's a story. But I do like to have you know, sometimes you want to have the two together. It brings home the message much more powerfully, especially when you don't have the video camera reliable. It's not so clear, and you see it. So, so the, the history we have, the reliable history we have, is a video camera. It's information. It's a story. It's 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 testimony. The the um, bits and pieces of archaeology, archaeologist tries to make a story out of it. You ever play a game? They'll have like. They'll give everybody, like, these weird objects or weird pictures and say, tell me a story about this. So sometimes very creative. And sometimes you, you're taking some things for granted. You'll find a little Avodah Zara in Jerusalem, dated to whatever. you say, oh, the Jews were into a worship of Avodah because we found, we found already two or three Avodah Zara. Maybe there was a colony of in Avodah Zara there. I don't know. You know, so I, I like it for its impact and the fact that we actually um dead sea scrolls you have you have something here that is almost Exactly like everything we have in Kiswah Kodesh, w- with, with errors of the typical type you would have, minor errors of typical type you have anytime you transcribe. So that tells me we've faithfully reproduced. Isaiah was considered by the scholars for the longest of times to be two separate works that, in a very late stage, were merged together because of the predictions about the Kodesh and so on. Well, guess what? They found Yeshaya in, the, in this entire second temple was one safer. So to which the answer was, wow, the mistake was so long ago. Okay? And, you know, that's, that's where you put a story ahead of... But when you see it, it it's very, very powerful. And it, and it has... I want to... We'll finish with this, just this... Uh, uh, something that happened to me. I was in Budapest this summer. <coughs> and they have on the Danube, they have what's called shoes on the Danube. And the Danube River in '44 or so, they, they marched out thousands of Jews... Tied the hands together threw them into the freezing river and killed them. We know the story. everyone knows the story. They made a, a, a memorial to it. A lot of shoes laid out. They're sort of gilded so, you know, that they, they, they don't... They don't... But, but shoes, baby shoes, adult shoes, women's shoes, and the place... Its impact is extraordinarily powerful. And I asked myself, why? I know the story, and if the story is not true, anybody could have laid out those shoes. But having some peace over there is extremely powerful. And that's one of the reasons why our commemorations of Yontiv are not speeches. It's a piece of matzah. And I take a piece of matzah and I say, we don't even... It, I, it, the, the atheist admits that it's been 2,000 years that the same piece of matzah has been broken by families and eaten. There, there, there is, the record is... It goes back to where it's very powerful. It's, it's this is it. This sukkah. These are things. Objects have a very powerful effect. So when we're sure of the story and we know for sure, when we have the correct video and we can put in the pieces... I think that that adds a lot. We haven't done enough in, in it. I don't think, you know, we've always been wary of it because the archaeologists constructed a different story. They come to a mindset of what things, what society should look like, what they think it should look like, and, 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 they, and, they, and they transpose it. But if we have the right thing, and hopefully somebody will pick up the challenge and make a museum of, of artifacts that help us Get the, 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 those shoes on the Danube of, of Yiddishkeit. I, I think it would be a powerful addition for, for for things. Okay, I'm sorry, I have to go. But. Uh, oh yeah,